Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. And today we're going to talk about six tips to build better professional relationships. Lisa, this is a cool topic, should be a lot of fun. Where does it come from for you as we get into the topic? Well, I'm finding recently, both in my own life, but also in the the lives of my clients, that relationships are such a big part of our lives, whether it's personal relationships, but even it seems to be more at the forefront lately is professional relationships and how that can really impact your day-to-day work and also your success at work uh, and your, your success in the job search as well. Yeah, there's no question the the saying of your net worth is in your net work, right? It definitely rings true. That's not just from like a financial side, but also just the overall satisfaction with which you do your work, like working with really awesome people (laughs) makes work itself a lot more fun a lot of the time if you like being around people. And so this is really an episode that is for anyone who feels like they could benefit from building better relationships, be it uh, in the job that they have right now or in more of a networking context for potentially something in the future. And better quality relationships. Mm -hmm. So the quality of those relationships that you're entering into can really, again, just impact all of those things we just talked about. Love it. Okay, cool. So we have six tips. Let's start with the first one. Ask questions. Be curious. Hmm. What do we mean? (laughs) So in this situation, it can mean a couple of different things, but basically show your curiosity for the other person. Um, A lot of times people worry that in order to stand out, you need to always be the center of attention, Mm -hmm. but it's actually quite the opposite that when you start asking people meaningful questions about their experiences and about their lives, you often make an even better impression because you're showing a real interest in the other person. So you're already setting up that win-win relationship. Yeah. I love that point. And in terms of sort of being a more memorable person, yes. Like I can now concretely think of some key moments in life where someone asked me a question. I had no idea where it was coming from. I didn't see it coming. And I still remember just having to think about a response to that question it, what, regardless of what the response was, it was the question that really anchored in my mind as being, wow, this person has really thought about what we're doing in this conversation or in this relationship that we're building. So yeah, asking questions for sure. And that can go in a whole bunch of different ways, right? So a, a great job interview most of the time comprises the interviewee asking questions of the person who is being who is running the interview. Uh, the more great questions that you can bring to the table around, like, what is it that, that people want out of the role that they're hiring for? How can they contribute? Like, what are the things that would really make a candidate successful? That's one example, just in the, from a job searching standpoint around how being curious can help you become a better candidate. Yeah, absolutely. And that also translates into your job search. So into your networking activities. So if you're setting up a brand new conversation with somebody, one of the best things you can do is ask them about their experiences. How did they get into the industry? And you gain insight and information, and it's not always necessarily relevant to the work that you're actually doing, but it may spark an idea in you or give you some additional um, ways of going about things that you might not have thought about. Totally. 
Yeah. And just give people a chance to sort of talk about themselves. That's something that most people are often, I don't want to say always comfortable doing, but it is a topic that most people know fairly well. And if you invite people into a moment where they can kind of share their experiences uh, and as they do so more and more, they may feel that they can trust you a little bit more as you move forward. So I think there's a long-term benefit to doing that as well. And it also benefits when you're in the workplace. So if you're just starting to build relationships, maybe you're at a new company or there's a new department that you're interacting with on a regular basis, it can help you to clarify how you can both benefit from the, the relationship, what challenges the other side might be facing. Um, and again, it just sort of helps to solidify the way that you two interact and opens up the um the relationship to being able to ask questions because sometimes it can be challenging or you might feel awkward asking questions, but once you start doing it, it just becomes really natural. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really, it's a skill asking questions. It's something that you can practice. You can make a routine habit out of, you can learn to ask better questions over time. The questions that once upon a time might've seemed really difficult for you to ask with practice, they can be things that you just sort of rattle off and you feel really confident in asking and just the way in which you ask questions, that confidence can say a lot about you. Uh, there's you to kind of go to another context here around where this can be valuable is to ask questions and be curious about yourself really. And start by depending on the situation that you're in, like asking maybe what's the biggest challenge that I'm facing here right now? Or what is my response going to be to this event that's just happened? How can I handle this in a way where tomorrow, next week, in a month from now, I'm going to feel proud or happier or satisfied with my efforts today? There's a million questions you could ask, right? In the sort of world of, and this kind of goes back into like the inner critic discussion that we had a little while back. But to just sort of check in with yourself, that takes question asking as well. And to piggyback on that in a slightly different way, it's also great to ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. That can also really benefit your relationship. Um, you can ask your manager for feedback. You can ask your supervisor for feedback. You can ask questions about what's working, what's not working. Love that. Yes. It's very much a yeah, this is an endless one for sure. It's a very yes and kind of way here that we're able to share. I guess at the end of the day, there's a really key line that underlines this question. That is, uh, don't feel like you always have to have the answer. Don't feel like you always have to talk. Feel free to let the question go out to somebody else and let there be space around that question. Sometimes silence is a response. Sometimes silence creates great responses. I know that when we're coaching people, I, I expect there to be a fairly healthy amount of silence in a conversation that's what gives the person on the other side of the call the client in our case the chance to actually find their own insights on something so don't look to fill that space that comes after the question let that silence play its part amazing point and you also brought up another point where don't just ask the questions for the sake of asking the questions you have to actually <laughs> listen to the answer <laughs> yes now that we could definitely go into like active listening and intuitive listening and all that stuff but there's no doubt that if you're just asking a question because you think it's a question you should ask and you stop <laughs> you press stop on your brain after the the words come out then yeah there's no real value there so 
the second one is be candid slash vulnerable. And we threw in vulnerable in there to just clarify what we're talking about when we're saying candid. So what does this mean to you? Yeah. So it, it, to me, I guess to boil it down to one thing is to speak your truth, to speak your mind, to be honest, uh, even if the honest idea or thought that you're sharing is difficult uh, with people that you might not know all that well. I'm not saying to invite people into a space where maybe you're, uh, I think the term is trauma dumping. That's what I keep hearing on Clubhouse. But mm. the whole idea is don't be afraid to um, really say what you believe. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of candid and vulnerable. Yeah. And it's important, Sarah Johnson, the psychotherapist that we had a few sessions back or a few recordings back, um, she talked about finding the right people to be vulnerable with. So mm -hmm. you also want to gauge who it is that you're being vulnerable with in your professional network. But it is so important to not be a robot when you're building relationships because people can tell when you're being authentic and genuine and when you're just putting on a show or just putting on a face. So even just a really simple example of that is a great way of building relationships is sometimes if somebody says, how are you? You don't always have to say great. Mm -hmm. If you're actually great, perfect. But if you're feeling like you're having an off day, you can say that and you might actually build a deeper relationship because of it. Yes, absolutely. It, and it's about um, displaying a level of trust with a person that you've just met to actually go past sort of a, a default answer of like, I'm fine to something that, and kind of knowing your audience, like we've been saying here, knowing if it's really the right time and a place to be discussing something that may be maybe just too heavy for that moment and for that person. Um, but to, to go past what we just sort of are programmed to often say when we engage with someone for the first time or walk in the door at work at the start of the day and there's a, a maybe a receptionist there and hey how's it going great I mean there's there's so much more that can happen in that moment if we seize the opportunity definitely and I can think of so many situations in my own life even making work friends mm -hmm. when you're making work friends if you're always the person who everything is great with and you never talk about anything below the surface it's really difficult to get to know that person. Yes. Yeah, totally. Like the depth of the relationships that you have with other people depends really heavily on how deep you are willing to, to go into yourself and share with others. There's no doubt. I don't think you can surpass the, uh, the depth of the relationship. Um, let me say that in another way. I'm not sure that you can kind of surpass the limits that you have on yourself in terms of your ability to be candid and vulnerable and expect the relationship to be deeper than what you're willing to, to be. And just an example of that. So we've sort of talked about a couple of examples in the workplace, but in your job search or when you're networking, that can also look like if you feel comfortable in a relationship with a recruiter or with a hiring manager, sometimes adding in some additional information about your background and mm -hmm. some of your past can help you to solidify and increase that relationship instead of hindering it. Yeah, totally. I actually, I was in an interview setting at one point in the last couple of years where I actually did share with the person who was the ultimate decision maker and that was the CEO. Uh, and I basically told him like straight up that my, my mother had died two years prior and 
Um, not because I wanted to make it a dramatic sob story, but because I wanted to underline a point that there's been dramatic change in my life. And here is a really clear, easy to understand example as to why that is. And didn't go further than that. But I think that was a bit of a, okay, this person is, is fairly serious in this conversation kind of moment for the other guy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that takes a lot of courage too, which Thanks. I think that people appreciate. Yeah, I think so too. I'd like to believe so for sure. Cool. Point number three, tip number three on how to build better professional relationships. Don't be afraid of difficult conversations. Kind of piggybacks off of that last point almost. When you think of this, where does it kind of start for you? So I think of this in some of the partnerships that I've had in business. I've also, I also think of difficult conversations with previous bosses or other coworkers. Uh, and it often surfaces when there's a challenge that you're facing mm -hmm. that is putting strain on the relationship. And sometimes it can feel easier to avoid it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when you're willing to have that conversation, and this is true of romantic relationships too, I've found that when you're willing to have these conversations, you end up learning about each other mm -hmm. and about yourselves. And it takes that relationship a step further. Yeah, totally on board with you there. Um, a, a book that comes to mind is on this topic is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Really fun kind of story, fable type book that talks about how it's good for people to have difficult conversations, to have ideological conflict, to disagree on things basically, because it means that we can trust other people enough to disagree with what they might be saying or to have our own point of view that's different. Um, and without it, we're kind of just staying in a very superficial place with our relationships. So yeah, it, it's, it's something that does come up, like you said, kind of later on after a relationship has been started and maybe you've been working together with this person in some way. Um, but a mix of sort of being the, going back to being candid. Yeah. Like you, you should see these difficult conversations as an opportunity to get the problem that you're trying to face resolved, but also see it as the potential for the relationship to grow in the long run, even if in the moment it feels tough. Definitely. And it also has to do with boundaries and learning each other's boundaries. Um, in any relationship, there's this unwritten contract mm -hmm. that you're both sort of thinking that you know what the contract is, but until you actually have some of the conversations, you don't really know what each side thinks about it. And so if you're able to have those more challenging discussions, it really does help you to understand the other person's point of view. And also mm -hmm. um, to just kind of get over a lot of hurdles and hurdles are a part of any business of any relationship in general. And so if you can expect them and be open enough to have the conversations, it goes back to what you had said earlier about building trust. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Your, your point around the unwritten contracts. And as soon as you start exploring some of these unwritten contracts, it, it removes assumptions from our thinking. So our thinking becomes so much clearer and now we can make decisions and move forward with so much more confidence. So it's just like a, a huge windfall of an opportunity. If you see it as being something that is, yeah, uncomfortable, but like uncomfortable is, is like, that's the sign of growth. You've got to do one of the uncomfortable things. If you don't do uncomfortable every now and again, you're kind of just waking up the same person every day. Kind of sad. 
That's so true. <laughs> and as sort of a, a sub point to that, difficult conversations can often be emotional, but you want to make sure that you're focusing on the facts in the difficult conversation. So mm -hmm. um, when you're clouded by emotions, it can cause you to, to think things, even go further with those assumptions and create stories in your own head. Mm -hmm. And so when you're about to go into the, some of these difficult conversations, you do want to focus mainly on the facts and getting the facts on the table and then analyzing and being as analytical as possible. I mean, obviously you're not always going to be, but mm -hmm. if you can focus on that as a starting point, then that can be helpful. Yeah. So I'm just sort of imagining here to give an example for our dear listener, you enter into a situation, the conversation starts with you and another person, you want to get something that something resolved between the two of you. And you might start by saying, um, you know, dear, dear friend, or to, not to whom it may concern, but here's how I'm perceiving something right now that may be a, an obstacle that we can overcome together. And I think right off the bat, that just starts off on a really positive note by saying, okay, yes, there's a problem, but I'm, I'm expecting us really to find a solution that there will be something at the end of the day that is positive that comes out of this. Here's how I'm viewing this right now. Duck, duck, duck. I'd love to get your feedback on this. How do you feel about this? What can we do to move this forward or to resolve that? Is that something that you kind of have in mind as an example? Yeah, exactly. And even make it a, a bit more of a specific example. So let's say you're working with a recruiter mm -hmm. and something isn't working. You're just finding that it's not, it's not a beneficial relationship. Starting off the conversation by saying, I appreciate where, like where our goals both lie in this. Mm -hmm. The facts are, I'm not feeling that I'm being supported in the way that I need or starting off by saying, these are some of the things that I really feel like I need in my job search in order to be successful. Where do you stand on these topics? Love it. Okay, cool, cool. Really concrete example for sure. Yeah, and in, in both of our examples, the idea of starting off with kind of an acknowledgement of the other person, the situation that you're in, uh, making making them feel heard and understood. I think that's really critical because conflict resolution, I don't think really happens without both sides understanding the other's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's all what goes into having a difficult conversation. I love it. All right. So number four is to go the extra mile. Yeah. There's so many miles that we could go down on this one. I mean, the first thing that comes to me is in how we initially meet people. I mean, from a, just right out of the gate, like I'll use a, a simple LinkedIn networking tip. I mean, I write connection requests with a personalized message every time, literally every time that you're about to invest some time into meeting someone, invest a little bit more and, and see it through to something that is more personal and just less of a click on a screen that doesn't, that isn't just true for LinkedIn. It can be true for any other social platform where you're meeting someone and it can be true for how you meet people in person. One day we'll do that again, but, <laughs> um, in just sort of how you really show an early appreciation for meeting that person, uh, and, and starting the relationship off on a note that is 
stronger than what the crowd is doing. Like I would probably say from my anecdotal experience, and I'm just a sample size of one, which is never a great sample size, <laughs> but maybe 10, 15% of the connection requests that I get on LinkedIn have a personalized uh, message attached to them. And so they're the easy ones to accept and to start building relationships with those folks with it, it versus everyone else that I'm sort of stuck guessing as to why they're connecting with me. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a great point. I also think that going the extra mile can sort of actually go on some of these other things that we've talked about. So for example, um, if you're building a relationship with somebody who's it's a new relationship in the workplace, going back to asking questions and building on a bigger picture. So now that you understand the bigger picture of what somebody is working on or some of the challenges they're facing, you're now able to think about things on a broader scale. So if you then are in a conversation with someone or you read an article that you think would interest the person, it's a really simple action. And I think Mike, mm -hmm. you actually do this with your network as well. If you see something that's interesting, you'll send it off to somebody. Yeah, I did that uh, yesterday morning or evening. I sent a podcast episode to one of our past guests because I figured that was a not not our podcast episode, but something that I had heard that I thought was really relevant to their work. And that was, you know, a 30 second message and a copy paste of a URL and away you go. Like it's not that hard. And the thought counts for a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love it's, it's very much a kind of low hanging fruit. I know I'm kind of like wearing out that term a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, going the extra mile could be, like you said, like once you've learned about what someone is doing, checking with them at some point, like see in three to six months, how they're doing on whatever it was you were talking about last. Uh, there's a really um, cool question that I'll get into a little bit later on, but you can really just kind of keep the conversation going based off of where you left it and just have that kind of regular cadence with someone that you deliberately want to have a stronger relationship with. And I think that's maybe a, a really important point is that, uh, you, you can't necessarily have strong ties with everyone in your network. And there's an element of um, strategy in the sense that like you'll pick and choose your battles because there's only so much time in the day. There's only so many <laughs> conversations that we can get into in a day at a time. And so just knowing like, who is it that I want to go the extra mile with can be a really important fact because uh, if, if that's not clear, I think a lot of the time people end up not going the extra mile with anybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And just one more thing that comes to mind on this is just around, because we're in a world right now that is so heavily based around uh, meeting people online because of the pandemic is to go from having a conversation on social media to having a conversation, um, offline or off the platform that you're on. So actually just set up a, a Zoom call or even a phone call with that person. Grab, if you can, 15 to 20 minutes of time with someone that you're having a great conversation with already. If they're, if they're enjoying the conversation, I don't see why they wouldn't want to spend more time with you, especially if there's like something that, you know, you two maybe share in common and you can easily discuss. Don't be afraid to tap into that. It, I think a lot of the time we 
we sort of think that the people that are on the internet are on the internet, but no, like they're, they are real people too. And you can have real conversations with them. Definitely. And doing that shows that you're committed more deeply to the, the relationship. And that also can show the other person that you want to continue having that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So our fifth point we've called show appreciation. I love this point. Yes. And there's a quote that I'm not going to try to say because I'm going to butcher it, but it's around (laughs) people who feel appreciated will, will do more than is expected of them. Yes. I can't remember the person or the quote exactly, but I, I understand that people who feel empowered to do what they do are more likely to do it and do it better and better. <laughs> I, I totally experienced that. Exactly. And most of us do want to be seen. And so part of being seen is feeling appreciated for what mm-hmm. it is that we're doing. And it can be a very small act. It can be something as simple as just offering a compliment to somebody after they've done great work mm-hmm. or after you've had a great conversation with somebody and you've noticed something about them that inspires you. It's such a small act, but it can have such a huge impact on the relationship. Yeah. Just catch them when they don't even expect it. I mean, a lot of people, um, they, they kind of get used to whatever level of feedback or appreciation that they may be used to. And sometimes some people have some raving fans because they work in a public way and, and people are talking to them in, in a certain tone, but there's always things that you can do that really show how you care about them in a, in a different way. Um, I mean, one really interesting idea that came up sort of just tactically, a lot of times people talk about engaging with people's content on social media. And I think that is certainly something that people can do to build stronger relationships with with folks. Um, Write someone a recommendation if you feel like they are really doing great work. That's not something that everyone is doing on a regular basis. It puts it on their radar. It's hard for them to miss. And it's just a moment where you can kind of share that appreciation and catch their attention, um, especially if those folks are really, really busy. Definitely. And you sometimes want to go a step further and maybe offer to send a gift or offer to send something that shows even a little bit deeper. Um, I had a client do this this week and it was just such a nice surprise that they took the time and it was something that was really meaningful Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm that they took the time to really think about it and offer their appreciation. And it, it made me feel really, really connected to this person. Yeah, totally. And the gift, the thing that's so important to me about giving a gift, I'm a huge proponent of this when the time is right, is that what you said, the, the thought behind the gift is really almost more important than the gift itself to understand what might be of value to that person and to put the time into going out and if it's a physical thing, securing that or getting it shipped or however it is that you have to go about um, executing on the gift giving, that, that's the part that, that shows appreciation more than just like, <laughs> you know, the person consuming whatever it is on the other side. It could be many different things, consuming literally or figuratively. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's a huge opportunity for people to deepen their relationships. It's Yeah. Could go on all day about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then if, I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything big. It could be something really small or it could be a handwritten thank you letter Mm -hmm. or a thank you email. It's so rare that people receive these things these days that 
just that small act of receiving something in the mail or receiving that unexpected email of thanks mm-hmm. can really brighten someone's day. Yep. Yep, for sure. We we get it occasionally on our end. Someone will reach out to us and say thank you for an episode. And that's not to try and, and toot our horn that much. It's not like we're we're not drowning in those messages, but that's perhaps even more what makes it so special is that somebody did come out and say that we did something that, that helped them. And I don't, I don't ever forget those people. Same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the point, dear listener. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so our last one is to be empathetic and offer support the other way. Yeah, this is so huge, right? And the world has no shortage of adversity in it (laughs) these days. Um, Offering support can look like so many different things to someone. It can mean being there when maybe there's something going on, maybe that you know is happening behind the scenes. Maybe there's something happening in their company that's affecting them. Maybe there's something happening in the world at large that may be affecting them right now at this time. We're not far from uh, the Atlanta shootings of, of six uh, Asian Americans. And I've had a couple of exchanges this week with people, uh, Asian friends of mine, just over what has happened and uh, trying to just, you know, be there really. And not, not saying that I can save the world in, in one email, but just the presence that you can offer someone is a gift. Absolutely. And being empathetic to of how that might be impacting them. Mm-hmm. So in the workplace, this might look like allowing some flexibility. So after the shootings, allowing some flexibility for people who are being impacted by these situations that maybe need some extra time to process or mm-hmm. need some time to grieve. Um, it can also be, you know, if, if you are a boss or a manager, just saying, just sending a quick note and saying, you don't need to explain anything. Do what you need to do. That's supportive in itself without needing to go into all of the details. Sometimes people don't want to explain mm-hmm. the situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just want that empathy to know that they're supported. Yeah, totally. Love that. And sometimes on a slightly brighter note, sometimes it's not about necessarily showing support when it is a tough time. Uh, there's lots of big moments, uh, if you choose to see them as such, that happen over the course of your life and perhaps even just a year. So, I mean, everyone has a birthday, for example. <laughs> Most people celebrate at least one kind of a holiday in the year. Uh, so maybe just give them a little shout out at that point. Send them a note, let them know you're thinking about them. A lot of people think of something like a Christmas card, but that's also just like a very, you know, North American stereotypical commercialized idea. Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that sometimes knowing your audience there is important uh, and knowing what is important to them and celebrating that with them. New jobs that can happen. Someone starts a new position. Someone gets a promotion. Things like LinkedIn often kind of indicate what's happening. If one of those kinds of things is, is happening for a contact, use those moments to just lean in. You could sure you could leave them a comment on, that news item, but you could also just take a moment to send them a message and see how they're doing. Absolutely. And it could also be something like you've been at a company for five years or you got a promotion or uh, you started a new business. Mm -hmm. There's so many things, like you said, to celebrate that it can really mean a lot to people to be again, seen for these accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really important underlying theme there that maybe we should just mention really explicitly again, is like 
making people feel like they're seen and and heard and and valued right that is mm-hmm. that is building relationships 101 uh, if you have if you can master that you'll you'll come up with your own tips love it cool okay dear listener so i think we've left you with a lot of different ways that you can build better professional relationships we kind of put this under uh, six umbrella topics of ask questions, be candid slash vulnerable. Don't be afraid of difficult conversations, of having those difficult conversations with people. Go the extra mile, show appreciation, and offer support. Fun times. I'm excited to hear how people build their own relationships. Feel free to let us know. Shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you, dear listener. And for this week on the Career Builders Podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. We hope you're well, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. Are you looking to connect with awesome people on LinkedIn and build the kind of professional network that gets you hired faster? Go to coachwazo.com slash C-E-L-I to get access to my free five-day e-course called Connecting Effortlessly on LinkedIn. You'll be on your way to creating the relationships that build your career. Once again, that's C-O-A-C-H-O-I-S-E-A-U dot com slash C-E-L-I.